Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Focus Ring. Today we have a slightly different selection of people. We have Chris Marquardt from Tips from the Top Floor. Hello. We have Manuel Flores Alacón from uh, Lens Boque, a Spanish-speaking yeah. podcast. Yeah, hello, everyone. And we have Scott Anderson, and just like me, I didn't write the name of your podcast. <laughs> folio, folio podcast. Folio great podcast. To, Jeez, great to be man. here, buddy. That sucks about being the uh, one of the guys who has to get up one earlier. Except you, Scott. What, what time there. is it where you are? It's seven nice. o'clock, but I get up at five thirty, <laughs> and I just like crawl out of bed and walk over to my computer and try to, you know, troubleshoot all the problems I seem to have every time I sit down and record a podcast. <laughs> and it never works. So glad I'm in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> It's I've been 4 up for two minutes, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, for all the listeners out there, what we're doing today, um, or maybe for the people who have tuned into this show for the first time, what we do is that each guest submits two photographs on a theme, and then uh, they tell us a little bit about, about the photogra- uh, photograph, discussing that particular theme, and then the rest of the guys sort of chime in. Um, today, we're going to be talking about black and white, seeing in black and white, converting to black and white. Um, what are some of the considerations for when we are trying to make black and white photographs? Each of the images have been uh, posted on our Flickr account, which is the PCN Focus Ring. You you can just type in PCN Focus Ring, and you will find the selection of these images as well as other images that have been showcased on previous shows. So... Let's just jump right uh, jump right into it. Uh, does anyone want to volunteer to go first? Okay, so, <laughs> it's always the same. <laughs> it's always the same. Always, I'll just, I'll just your, go your in. Let me, let, me, let me let me get, let me get it over with. Um, okay, two images I submitted. One is uh, called Mariachi, and it's a photograph of a, a mariachi player I took in Pasadena some years ago, and uh, I actually shot this in color using a digital camera. But one of the things that I was already considering when I made the photograph was the idea of converting it over into a, a black and white photograph. Um, the dark, you know, the dark black of his hat and the dark black of his of his jacket and the way that it sort of framed his 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 face. I knew it would immediately convert really beautifully into a, a black and white photograph. Um, that's that's. Um, one of the one of the reasons when I made the image, I wanted to make sure that I emphasized his face and I eliminated all the stuff in the background, or at least as much as I could, because I wanted that contrast between bright his face and that little scarf on his neck, as well as the little metal metal elements on his on his uh, on his costume, would stand out. So I went in and I completely eliminated the the, the top tip of the hat because I knew that wasn't important. And then when I brought it in, I just made sure that I kind of accentuated that that contrast. And I did mostly some light burning and dodging in order to emphasize that, even pushing some of the black right to the very, very edges of that, of the That was my range. question. How much, do you, how much time do you spend in post-processing on a picture like that? Is it just a, like a 10-minute session, just a bit here and there? Or? Yeah, for this image, that was that, because I, I kind of exposed purposely for his, for his face. Mm-hmm. Knowing that uh, I was just going to hold on to a little detail in the blacks, and that other than some dodging and burning and some contrast adjustment, that would be sort of the extent of it. So when I was making this particular image, 
um, I sort of had in mind what I was going to do with it in uh, in the Photoshop, which really was pretty minimal. This is great. A, a very next one. I, what I um, really find interesting is that that visual element of the hat, you know, which is why it works so well for black and white for me. Is the um, you know how it really encompasses almost a, a quarter of the image and creates a really uh, a really interesting negative space as well. It's almost which, like a halo of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, you, yeah, I think with color, of course, you, you wouldn't have that same effect. And you, you obviously would lose a little bit of that striking contrast here, too. Really interesting. Comments, Manuel? Well, yes. Uh, well, I, what I think about this photograph is that uh, being in black and white uh, helps you uh, focus on, on his face. Because uh, probably this, uh, this uh, scarf he has on, on his neck, on his uh, on his neck, and this uh, these things he has on on his chest uh, would be uh, too colorful. And since the uh, the costume is is, is black and white, uh, those would draw too too much attention. So uh, so in black and white, you uh, you make the the. the the person's face uh, be the, the the most important element in the uh, in the program. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wanted to include that one just because I think when people start thinking about you know shooting in black and white, they don't know exactly what to look for. And I think one of the easiest things to look for is just differences between bright and dark. That often that alone can guide your eye as to what might end up uh, turning into an interesting black and white photograph. Yeah, the the element that color adds to a picture can be actually very distracting sometimes. I mean, warm colors, just small patches of like red trump, huge patches of green. So there's this all of a all of a sort of different balance in there as soon as you have the color in there. So taking that out really brings it back to the dark and the bright. By the way, I just want to mention we received an email from uh, one listener who said that. Uh, when we re review this pictures, we were too nice to each other. <laughs> and, That's and the I next just, episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and, I, and I just wanted to say we 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 bounced this mail back and forth, and um, I think we agree that no, we aren't nice to each other, but we we deliberately choose pictures that we like and that we think are good. So I think that maybe in the next episode we're going to turn this upside down and uh, just choose some pictures that don't really work and then rip them apart. I mean, that's, that's going to be fun, actually. Yeah, that'll be a good time. <laughs> and then we'll take them offline that. ten minutes later, right? <laughs> it's it's going it's to be embarrassing to show some of the stuff, but I guess every one of us has some pictures um, in the closet that we, hmm. we don't really like to show. Uh, speak for yourself, <laughs> yeah. Chris. <laughs> but that that can make people learn some some things about about taking photographs <laughs> because you you see mistakes and uh, and well when when you see uh, something that's well done uh, you you really can't see what what would have been wrong if if you if you had if you didn't have the i don't know the skills or or the knowledge to to do it well so yeah, uh, yeah. It could be interesting, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things so, that we're doing here is that we're discussing specific qualities of, of a photograph. So it isn't so much a general critique where you'd probably hear some of the more negative aspects. We're really sort of having a real laser focus on what we're talking about. So 
Um, and having that said, I still like this picture a lot because the face, and let's just bring that back to the, to the picture. The, the face is really the focal point here. It's really very clear, just, just, not just because of the brightness, but um, also because it's a human being. We like to look at faces and it's beautifully framed with the, with the dark hat and the, um, those elements on the jacket in the front kind of gives it this framing from the top and the bottom that totally makes it work. Also, the, the thing around his, his neck the, or from the hat, the string thing, um, really kind of draws you in there, right right in the, into the face. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, Go ahead, yeah, Mara. Uh, and the, the, the expression is, is this uh, sort of uh, almost a smile, but, uh, you know, uh, looking right into the camera. And uh, when, when I first saw this, this photograph uh, with uh, this man with this... this, uh, this Costume, I I thought that uh, that the man was uh, was younger than 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 you might expect uh, someone dressed this way, but when you look closely, uh, you see uh, the man is not so young. It's not that young actually. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Just, uh, there's you you can see uh, many details in, the, in in his face. You can you can stare at his face uh, for for a while and. and find some some details some some i don't know some characteristics that that you didn't see at first sight and actually well, this this one little humorous element that I just just after looking at it, at it for a while and noticed is his ears are trying really hard to keep the hat up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're bending down <laughs> and and uh, the, the other image is interesting i actually shot this picture in harlem a couple of years back and when i first looked at the image i just saw it as um a throwaway. I just sort of made this snapshot. I didn't, when I was looking at the color shot, I didn't really see anything particularly special. And then I got a copy of the Nick Vivesa software and I just opened up this image, converted it over to black and white and started playing with it. And it was in playing with the image that I suddenly realized uh, that it was really a sort of an interesting shot. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Nick Vivesa software, uh, it's... Um, not the Nick Vavesa, but the uh, Silver Effects Pro Silver software, Effects, yeah. which is a black and white conversion software, which you can use as a, a plug-in in Photoshop or Lightroom. And um, as I started playing with it, and I started accentuating the contrast between the light and the dark of the window frame and the brickwork and the trash can and the girls' and the girls' pants, I suddenly realized that uh, this really was much more interesting image particularly when I in black and white and it wasn't until I started playing with the photograph that I realized that um, um, it was rather sort of a cool image and I and with this image I probably spent about an hour um, working on it just because I was using what uh, Nick calls these small control points which allows Those you to... points, yeah. I'm a big points. fan of that, actually. Yeah, it allows you to isolate different elements. So I would take these U-points and put them around the, 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 the window frame or against the trash can or against the pants or inside the window or the different parts of the brickwork. And I basically was able to do really controlled burning and dodging of the entire image. So I was using traditional lab technique in terms of burning and dodging. But those U points made it really easy for me to do it digitally because otherwise it would have involved a lot of sort of masking and and just a whole lot of headache that would not have been worth it to me. But this was one of those times where a software really uh, really helped me to discover um, 
what turned out to be a fairly interesting photograph. I love I love how the things align here, and you have a lot of structure in the in the background, but it's still not that obtrusive. It's still, um, yeah, it still it still works as a backdrop, so it's not distracting in any way. It's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's the alignment that I really like in this picture. Yeah, it's very straight okay. and um, the the, this is the a great, lantern. A great example, I think, too, too of um, a lack of color really emphasizing textures. You know the the diversity of the textures, the drapes, the bricks, the different tones, and you know again, like you were saying earlier, Chris, it it clearly is the lack of color that draws your attention to texture and contrast. I think that works really well in this image. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Scott. Because sometimes when people are thinking about what kind of image do they think would convert well to a black and white, um, as well as the thing I mentioned earlier in terms of just looking for contrast between light and dark. If you have an image that looks like it has a lot of texture, um, that may be uh, the very kind of image you may want to convert to black and white and see uh, about if playing around with it reveals uh, an even more interesting photograph as a monochrome. Yeah. And also, I think urban, any kind of urban image that has, you know, a really good composition is in, is interesting, um, translates really well in black and white. I mean, especially with, you know... Um, Harlem and and just the nature of the scene, um, it really it really gives it a you know that Harlem esque kind of mood too, which is really effective here. And uh, well, I, I agree with uh, with Chris about the the, the alignment. I mean, uh, this is what what first caught my eye is the uh, the horizontal, the vertical lines, and uh, and those two parallel lines, the the, the stairs. And, and the girl is also very vertical. Uh, she, she's not leaning either side. So uh, I think this uh, this kind of uh, group of, of lines, uh, well well aligned, uh, helps uh, helps the, the photograph work and, and helps uh, uh, give it a, a geometrical look almost. Yep. Totally. So it's just you know. I, I, these two I just wanted to show as examples of how, you know, images, you can either either preconceive one as a black and white or you can discover an image that you've already taken that just by looking at it from a different perspective can turn into a great black and white. So you can come from, a, from you know, either either approach. So what, what happens more for you? Do you more conceptualize pictures as black and whites or do you discover more pictures to work better in black and white uh the former the former mm-hmm. um i'm really hyper Similar aware yeah i'm really hyper aware of what's happening with light the direction that light is coming from so um that often sort of dictates to me whether or not an image will be uh, a good image in terms of black and white because once you're aware of light particularly the direction of light you become very sensitive to contrast between light and dark textures and and things that you know uh, translate well into a black and white image. So I kind of, when I look at a shot and I'm taking it, I kind of go, I got to make sure that I, I play with this a little in Photoshop or Lightroom or whatever, uh, and see how well I can make it into a black and white image. And and sometimes it will even make me purposely bias the exposure in a particular way. I may bias it for the highlight and let it go to black, like I talked about in another focus ring, knowing that um, even within the camera, I'm going to start beginning to to bias the exposure and the way I'm producing the image in order to emphasize that even more. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next uh, victim here. Uh, <laughs> how about you, Scott? Why don't, we, why don't we lead off with you? 
Absolutely, great. Uh, actually, what I'd like to do is start with, with image number two. And um, this is a, as everyone can see here, an image of um, a nun reading the Bible. And actually it was a recent editorial assignment to create some imagery for a profile. This is Sister Claire, who was visiting Southern California on a short trip to um, some missions from um, visiting from Italy. And the, the challenge here was to create an image that could go along with the profile in a particular um, publication that was doing a story on her, but also to have, you know, the creative brief that I kind of worked on with her was to really emphasize uh, an isolated image, you know, that the, the focus being really on the, the devotion of her. And um, black and white was also a requirement for this image. What I really wanted to do as well was draw out the shadows, and the shadows being a really interesting compositional element um, but then also kind of pop out the uh, the veil and and um, I think with this particular one I was really pleased the the image was exposed pretty close to what you're seeing here obviously I did some post-production to clean up a little bit of the background to totally isolate the image um, but I love the stream of light coming through and black and white I was pretty happy with the conversion um, what's kind of neat that I found afterwards was how she sort of just materializes out of the scene you know and, and uh, it, it pleasantly surprised when I saw that on the screen and even more so when I kind of dug in and played around with some levels and obviously some dodging and burning to get a little bit more detail on her face and, and the Bible but um, simplicity was the key isolation was the key and uh, it definitely works you know much better in black and white I did shoot this image in, in, in raw and converted to, uh, to black and white but um, that's a little bit of the background of it I think it's a great example of um, you don't have to show everything you can just leave things open to to the viewer to guess and um, that's certainly the case here with you just see a bit of light and, and you don't see half of the picture because it's black but it really works well yeah, and I'll admit there was a bit of an error on my part, a technical error, in the sense of we kind of lose her. You know, we don't really know what she's sitting on. Yeah, we see a, we that doesn't really matter. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of those yeah. happy errors. I have those yeah. all the time. <laughs> that's, where I, that's exactly where I was going with that, Chris. Is, you know, I was yeah. uh, pleasantly surprised with my lack of technical skill in this particular image, at least on the bottom of the image where we don't really know the rest of the story. But again, it just happened to match the... Uh, the creative challenge and the creative brief with this image so I worked out. Yeah, I've, I've really started to embrace accidents and uh, photographic accidents most of them, or at least a lot of them give you something and, and there's something to learn from them or some new compositional element to, to gain from them so I'm yeah, so true. And I think that just that little element in the bottom of the frame is just enough you know, that makes me realize yeah. that she's sitting on something. I mean, I must prefer having that there rather than it going completely, completely black. Um, she'd be floating and truly holy. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, but, but but then but then we we have a reference. A reference. We know that uh, people usually don't do that. They don't hover. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But uh, I thought yeah. what stands out for me is is how well you handled um, the overall exposure. I mean, with so much black and in the scene, particularly in the background and the contrast between her, her headdress. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a metering nightmare. So, um, if you just go with the cameras like matrix metering or multi-pattern metering, um, the likelihood that you're going to end up with a sort of an over underexposed, um, wait, still too early for me. All yeah. that black would end up, end up being interpreted as, as gray. 
rather than right. black. So her even more of her face would have come out overexposed. So I'm not sure how you metered for that. But when I would I would be looking at those scenes at that scene. I know purposely that I would want the black to turn out as black, but it would be like, okay, I got to make sure that I get at least a good exposure for most of the the face and and the front of the hover outfit. So um, bracketing yeah, always helps, but uh, you know sometimes spot metering uh, or maybe maybe even center weighted metering uh, may have uh, allowed you to pull it off. But when you're seeing something like this, when you've seen so many dark tones or even the reverse a lot of white tones you gotta know that you have to make some sort of adjustment either by choosing a different metering mode or by compensating by using exposure compensation or or bracketing the heck out of it just to make sure you have something that's workable yeah very true uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back and revisit the exif data and maybe post it on the image here in the caption so everyone knows no, it's difficult to handle always difficult and uh even if it's uh, a uh, high contrast photograph, uh, you see uh, the the transition between the light and the and the shadows on on her face uh, is is very smooth. Is uh, I think that's that's a good a good in, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, he handled very well this this zone uh, in in doing that uh, smooth transition because you. You need uh, you need to to separate the the person from from the background from the totally dark background, but but in in his face in her face uh, you need you need you really need a smooth smooth transitions because the, that that gives that, that sensation of of, of, of relax or of uh, spirituality or you know uh, nothing um, nothing. Uh, uh, to uh, to um, uh, I can't yeah, find the, the word. I'm sorry. The, the, yeah, the uh, sort of this the the um, the emotion being focused and in, in the spiritual aspect of it was definitely uh, you know the look we were looking for, and we were really really fortunate with that that beam of uh, almost snooted light coming through the window there, so that worked out. Yeah. So how how does that relate to the other image that you posted? Yeah, you like the, you like, contrast the you like the contrast. Yeah, it's speaking <laughs> of black and white, right? So yes. so the Im image number one is is clearly um, uh, a different approach. Um, this is this is interesting because what I found uh, with this particular couple, um, they obviously went very well together um, emotionally, but there was a lot of competing. Uh, elements, especially in the color images, the uh, the particular shirt that the uh, the female subject was wearing uh, was very bright, very checkered, <laughs> as you can see, and his was very neutral. He, um, you know, again, he had a very minimal look and minimal patterns, and she had very heavy patterns. Um, what I really wanted to focus on with this image was the connection, the emotional connection. You know, just coming into the kiss. Um, and obviously the crop came into play there as well. But, but focusing on the black and white, this is a, another uh, clear example of the lack of color. Pulling out the color at least drew me into you know, the lips and the faces and the emotion of what they're feeling at this moment. Um, in color, my eyes go straight to her patterned shirt. Um, there was also quite a bit of disruptive background colors um, real green and, and, and uh, some burnout grass areas and uh, the conversion at least the goal that I had was to convert it so that we we lose that distraction of the background so um, those are the key elements of course there's some you can see some channel mixing here I, I probably spent 
um, a little maybe over a half hour or longer on this image and just kind of messing around with the blue channels and, and the channel mixer and giving it a little bit more of that as you can see a real heavier hue with the blue channel and um, it was an interesting look that I've kind of been experimenting with and um, and to your point of Baron X I also want to jump into that Silver XFX Pro and, and kind of play around with that as well and, but I'm just kind of changing up the uh, the tonalities a little bit of the black and white that I've been doing recently yeah, and there are a lot of ways of converting the to black and white. There's that's a, like that's you, an art in itself. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, you have the you have nickel color. You know, um, uh, God, why am I so brain Silver dead? Effects. Silver Effects Pro. You have the channel mixer. Um, you know, you have the convert to grayscale, which isn't an ideal choice, but at least it can give you sort of a rough reference in terms of how an image would look over in in black and white. Um, I think ideally, what you want to do is you want to whatever choice you make is one that gives you some control over um, over the look. Um, the channel mixer is takes a little bit of a learning curve, but in terms of what you already have for, available to you in in Photoshop, it's rather cool. And I think they, at least if you're using, um, I think CS3 and up, there is a layer that's available to you for converting to black and white that does give you a, a good amount of flexibility as well. So play around with it if you if you haven't and you've just been working primarily with just converting to grayscale because you'll discover that there's a, a wealth of variance as a result. Yeah, good and, tips. And there's the uh, the Lightroom tool also to, to convert to black and white. I, I, I like that that tool because it's, it's easy to use and, uh, and I, I find it's it gives you pretty a pretty good control of what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm I agree. a real fan of Lightroom too. Yeah, I've been using it religiously since it came out, and I do a lot of my conversions in there by now. Yeah, and one of the things I like about this this photograph is the contrast. One of the things that draws a viewer's eye, as well as brightness, is contrast. And for me, it's it's those eyelashes, the contrast between those really dark eyelashes in her face and then the contrast between her lips. And just the fact that his nose and mouth is directed towards her helps guide my eye to that portion of the image, even though it's like on the top fourth of the frame. Um, <laughs> the pattern uh, is um, does draw me as well, but not as much as as the uh, the face there. I think the only the only issue I have is just... You know, white T-shirts. I hate white T-shirts. Yeah, it was tough not to blow <laughs> not to blow that out either. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, when I'm shooting portraits of people, um, I try to avoid having them wearing white unless I purposely am looking for that image because that white just ends up taking up so much, and really, our eyes are just looking straight to the brightest element in the frame, which is in the T-shirt. And even though you can try and burn it in later, it's often it never looks particularly right, but I think that nevertheless, um, just the way that you sort of frame the shot and what you do otherwise really helps, you know, helps make it ideal. But if it were me, man, I would have taken that shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> that that happened about an hour later. We got a couple of those and and, uh, and a macro shot of her eyelashes too, by the way, because you're oh, right really. Straight. Yeah, I, li I like the just the general composition, the way he's he's leaning. Uh, at the back of at the le left side of the image so he's kind of leaning against something which is the frame here and which gives more space to the right so it's not centered and and the, and the fact that you cut off his eyes kind of adds a whole lot of a whole level of mystery to that picture yeah yeah she's she's the important one in the shot yeah yeah 
here in, in, in the girl's face, uh, there's, uh, for me, there's a, a contrast between the, uh, the smoothness of the skin and, uh, and the, the, the sharpness of the, uh, of the, the eyelashes and, the, uh, and, and even the lips. And the earring. Uh, mm-hmm. And the earring also, yeah. I don't know if, if, if in post-processing you, uh, you made some, some uh, sharpness enhancement in the, in the eyes. Uh, or because it, it's something that I I sometimes do with uh, with portraits uh, when when I when I want to to uh, to draw the attention to the to the eyes or, or to the to the mouth. Did you yeah, do actually, that? yeah, I did, Manuel. And this and this image is sort of had my um, more uh, more heavy portrait workflow to it, which included a little bit of smoothing of the skin. Um, definitely brought out a little bit of contrast and some darks in the in the eyelashes and don't recall doing too much sharpening but there is a general sharpening that I'll apply to you know at least um, portrait images that are you know commissioned and stuff um, so this did have some of that probably cloned out uh, a couple little blemishes here and there as well uh, on her face I recall one thing that that can happen when you convert something to black and white is um, that some some of the separation between foreground and background gets lost because um, in color you still have different colors in the foreground and background and in black and white you all of a sudden only work in gray tones. So um, with her, I, I just just at the chin, I would have probably either brightened, brightened up this chin or darkened down the background slightly just to give a bit more separation there. That's just a... Yeah, oh yeah, a, you're right, Chris. I'm just now thing. just now noticing that for the first time. That's a really good point. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's the kind of things I, I look out for when I do black and white stuff because um, you don't see those things in color, and it's hard to really be. It's virtually impossible to really know how those tones are going to come out in in a black and white conversion unless you do it and see it on the screen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because certain colors when you turn them in black and white end up being very similar <laughs> in terms of yep. tones. So you have to be really methodical in terms of looking at that and accentuating that particularly with dodging and burning or or choosing you know the red green or blue channel in which to start as your your and here here that's not that difficult i guess because the background i suppose is green and her skin is skin tone so those are very far apart in on the on the color wheel so it should be should be possible to just slightly darken down the the green in the background yeah but it's a very cool, cool shot. I really that's, like it. But that's just me being picky, okay? No, I can't stop I'm, looking I'm, at her chin now. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm glad. That's not, you actually, uh, that's really important because now it can be an improvement to the image. So that's, uh, thank you for that. You didn't, for, you didn't know that coming out of the show would mean more work for you, did you? <laughs> it's uh, always, didn't we say we want to be nice to each other in this show? <laughs> just you wait. And, and just as a reminder for every for everyone, you can check out these and other images uh, that people have submitted for this show by going to Flickr and typing in PCN Focus Ring. And I think the URL is probably easy. It's flickr.com slash PCN Focus Ring. That'll directly get them there. Hey, thank you for that, Chris. Yeah, that keeps okay. things a lot simpler. So, and Chris, well, why don't we move on to you? Uh, let's talk about okay. your picks. All right, so let me start with the web. I, I submitted two. One is not black and white, actually, but it involves black and white. Uh, but let's start with the other one, the wall picture. And that is a picture... Um, I, I do all my black and white pictures, the digital black and white pictures, I do all of them, I shoot them in color and convert them later, and I guess most of us who work digitally do that. And it's a bit 
the same as with uh, Scott's image of the couple. There were lots of distracting colors here. And it's, it's a picture of a blues band. It was shot for a CD um, cover or poster. So there was uh, the constraint that I had to work in was to leave some space on the picture for like copy for text title and stuff. And we're looking for locations here around the studio. And there's this one wall with, uh, which is made of um, wooden boards. And it's, re it's really great. <clears throat> Sorry, it's a really great wall for a backdrop. And I noticed it, um, I, I could get sort of a framed feel using a wide angle lens that distorts the picture. So it kind of gives the, the band, yeah, this place in the middle to sit in the picture. Actually, I actually emphasized that uh, distortion slightly in post processing. And, but the problem turned out to be the color of the wood. I, as you can see, I love pictures with like very strong contrasts and, um, some of the black, I, I sometimes go to the point where I really let it go all black. I try to preserve uh, detail, but sometimes uh, on black and white pictures, I'm not that picky, especially um, around the black tones or the very dark tones. And the, the wood was the problem here. So I, the, you know, the yellowish, orangish, orangish color. So um, I was too warm and I was drawing too much attention away from that band. And um, that's when I tried black and white. It's like, okay, I didn't, I didn't, conceive this picture as a black and white picture but I gave it a try and all of a sudden it worked much much better I noticed that so there were those brighter areas in the wood around the band so that would um, kind of, yeah, reel in the viewer and, and make them focus more attention towards the middle and I ended up almost losing them in the background in some areas um, when it, where it goes black because I'm, I really love those strong contrast and I burned and dodged some of the, the edges there to really draw the attention towards the middle so that was well, this, this is really a really cool image the, the contrast is so striking um, it, it's, uh, that, that's what I go for and I've, I've, I've spent years to get, get to that point <laughs> because it's really uh, yeah I strive for very strong contrast in black and white pictures I, I would probably be not a good fine art photographer who tries to preserve all the tones in there. I do that when I shoot the picture, but then later on I torture my pictures. <laughs> well, you had good subjects for this too, Chris, because the, the gentleman in the middle with the uh, with the white hair and then just yep. to the right of him, the white shoes, it looks like, yep. you know, the other gentleman. Um, yep. So you had a lot to play with there. They, they, they are they're fun guys to work with and um, they they almost look like a mafia kind of shot here. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it was it was basically taking out the color in order to get this um, that to get this effect of the brighter middle and doing some burning and dodging here. So the processing on this picture, apart from these guys just being great subjects and uh, really having fun working with them, apart from that, the the processing on that shot is what kind of made it. I love those contrasts, and I just yeah, I want them strong. And I don't know if it was your suggestion that they clasp their hands together like that, but that really helps with a black and white version of yep. this photograph because the yep. contrast of their hands against their coats is remarkable. Um, you know, if anything would have been even cooler is, is uh, having those guys take off their shoes completely, <laughs> you know, because I, 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 that, that I think, I mean, if you were like foreseeing that this was going to be a black and white, it probably would have would have popped in your head but since you were using it shooting color you may have not been as conscious of it but 
again, if you're thinking about it, contrast, imagine this shot if these guys each were barefoot, that their pale yep. feet and their pale hands and their and their faces would have created <laughs> this amazing visual draw just based on brightness and contrast. I, I do go for wacky stuff sometimes, and but let, let me tell you, that shot was taken in December. It was a, around <laughs> freezing point, so... Um, I, I, you should have seen me over my left arm. I held their jackets, so they were slipping out of the jackets of the warm winter jackets. So they, they, they were standing there. Luckily, there was no snow around, but um, it was really like five minutes of shooting back in the jackets, warming up, and <laughs> go to the next location. I would have loved to seen them their reaction if you did ask them to take their shoes off. They look like I, uh, had, <laughs> I had this other shoot with a band, and they and they were doing well, pretty normal stuff, and we were doing pretty normal photography, nothing too wacky. And there was snow there, and it was this park bench that had like four or five inches of snow on it. And uh, I asked them if they wanted to sit on that bench in the snow. That would have made an awesome picture and okay it would have taken a while to dry up and warm up again but um, and they didn't go for it and that was a bit of I, I, I would have loved to have done this shot anyway so as a as a kind of a contrast let's look at the other picture which um, is <laughs> given it's not a black and white picture but this is more about the process of working on pictures and it involves black and white because, uh, as I said, I love those those contrasts. But when I shoot my pictures, um, this one, if you see the original unprocessed version, um, I, sh- I shoot those in RAW. I try to capture as much of the dynamic range, the kind of the tonal range of the scene, to um, to have a lot to work with. And initially, when I import them into the computer, they just look dull, very yeah, lack of contrast. But I do this. Do it this way to allow me to do what I'm, what I'm going to talk about here, and that's what I call my split process. And I'm, I'm, I'm not claiming to have invented it, but I came up with this um, a while ago. I'm sure other photographers work in a very similar way. Um, that that process is something um, I've come up with when I when I was at a point where I was becoming better um, at doing black and white conversions. Uh, by the way, now I'm also sometimes using those uh, the the Nick tool, the Silver Effects, because it's pretty awesome actually. It uh, takes a lot of you can do all that stuff in Photoshop with layers and masks and stuff, but um, Nick software, the Nick Silver Effects, just takes a lot of work out of that. You can get to the same result much much faster. So, and it's not cheap, unfortunately, but I like it. I'm a real fan of it. So. Um, when, when I was getting better at black and white conversion with the strong contrast and everything, um, that gives you a lot of control over the image. And I love, I love to use the brightness distribution in the image as a way to, to guide the viewer's attention. Um, it, it's really a, a bit about control over, um, over the viewer, over the experience that the viewer has. And I've always traded... Uh, treated my my color images differently because I couldn't really, well, for for the lack of a better word, torture them as much as I could with the black and white images. And I really do, I, I really love to work my images. So I always ended up doing more damage to the color images as I should have. Um, I always had to kind of find this balance. How far can I go before the colors start to suffer? Um, so I try to find this way to to uh, let me use my strengths from one area of the photography in other areas where I was still feeling a bit, a bit lost. And that's when I started to think about 
how I could bring those two worlds together, the black and white world and the color world. And all of a sudden it struck me. It was like during, during one editing session, it's like, oh, that's easy. <laughs> like, I, if you work in black and white, if you do, uh, all you do is you basically work on the luminance information of the image, the brightness of the image, the contrast information, not the color information. If you use something like, yeah, let's say Photoshop, something that does layers and that has layer modes, um, you can really easily imprint the luminance information from one picture onto another one. Right? So what, what I do is um, I kind of split that up. I split the color treatment uh, of an image away from the contrast treatment. So I do the color corrections, tinting and whatever on the color image. And I do the contrast treatment by making a black and white conversion of this picture. And then, so I end up having two images there. And in the end, uh, what I do is I just use the luminance information of the black and white, of the very contrasty black and white conversion and imprint that on the, on the color image. And that gives images, I've just a look that I totally love and gives me a lot of control without really doing much damage to the colors. So it's it's a very simple process. It's just basically it's a layer, a uh, black and white layer on top of a color layer, and the black and white layer is set to luminance mode instead of normal mode. Ah, interesting. Very, very very simple. If you use Photoshop, um, it's very obvious that um, once you do it, that um, it really, for me, it really works really well. It really lets me um, come up with color pictures that have this black and white contrasty feel, but that aren't black and white. So that's an example for that. I really love the uh, the color spots in there. It's actually kind of a black and white image. It's mostly gray tones, but um, this one big speck of color in the left top really changes everything and becomes automatically becomes a focal point. It seems like this would be a really good image to to do that experimentation on or that process on because you also don't get caught into the you know true selective color conundrum with this you know the split tone. Oh yeah, and I'm not a fan of that. I don't like yeah. selective color yeah. where, where you have a black and white image and someone's holding a red rose. <laughs> that's exactly. Just, yeah, exactly. So that's why that's why I, that's Jesus. the reason I yeah the reason I brought that up too was because that is you know um, not done right. Of course, that's a different process altogether. But this is the split tone approach to this um, works really well here. Yeah. So yeah, everyone who wants to give it a shot, just do a second layer of that image in Photoshop make it black and white, do all the work on it you want, and then try to use that as a luminance uh, layer on top of the color layer and see what comes out of that. That's, that's how I started it and then worked from there, and now I'm you know, mm-hmm. working on perfecting that process. And it's just fun to do it because every, every time you, you do that, you, 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 you start off with a, with a kind of a non-contrasty color image, and then you go through this very contrasty black and white image, which in itself sometimes looks really awesome, and then uh, when you switch that to be the luminance layer of the luminance information for the color image, all of a sudden you end up with a very contrasty um, color image that all of a sudden pops. And then switching that top layer on and off is just like, wow, <laughs> Ooh, look, what, look, look what this does. It's really fun to do that. I really love that. I have to try that. <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts, Manuel? I, I, uh, I don't think we got your, your comments on the last image either. So if you want to chime in on that, please do. Sorry, no. I'm eager to hear your comments about this or the or the other yeah. image as well. Well, uh, about this image. Well, at first, I, I 
I thought when when I saw the the thumbnail, I thought it it was uh, this this type of black and white uh, photograph with some uh, element in in color. But then when when I saw the uh, the bigger image, um, well, I I wonder myself uh, how how did he how did he do that? I mean, it's 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 not a, it's not a an element uh, you can you can easily separate from from the rest and and make it in color and and the other one in and, and the rest in in black and white. So well, the, the technique is, is it's really it's really amazing. <laughs> I mean, I I have I have to absolutely to try this uh, on on my images because uh, well, the the result is quite yeah quite pleasing and quite. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. The, the the tones. You you're right. The tones are are are, are smooth. Are are um, are different. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's and, a, and it's it really and it, and also, it also works on portraits, for example. I sometimes at least if you uh -huh. try try it on different types of images. It's surprising. I will whatever. Try. try. <laughs> and and if if you want me to to comment on on the other one. Um, uh, the uh, the four guys there. Uh, um, well, what I, what what I, it, what draw my attention was the uh, the expression on their faces and 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 the direction they're they're looking. I mean, there there's uh, the guy on the left uh, is 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 looking is looking to the to the left of the frame. Uh, the the other one is looking is looking up. Uh, there's one with the, with his nose pointing upwards, but uh, Seems he's looking down, and the other one is, is totally uh, looking down. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's that that breaks the uh, uh, everything being the same. You know, the, the, this repetitive uh, background, uh, these uh, two two guys standing in the same position, but their faces uh, are, are looking toward different directions. So, uh, so that that gives the image. Uh, it's it's point of uh, I don't know uh, the the point where where the eye is is is, is focusing at, at first when, when looking at, at this image. That's an excellent we, point about that. Yeah, we we like looking at faces. You know the 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 image of the Buddha is an interesting shot because you can you make the point of that you can actually take a shot in color but make it appear that it's monochrome just because you're working with a very limited range of tones, particularly those sort of middle tones of sort of gray, browns, um, you know, those, those dark colors are so uniform that at first it can seem like it is a, a black and white image. Um, and then having just a splash of color really, you know, does an amazing thing. I'm glad you make the point about, you know, those, those shots where people have that black and white and they paint in the the rose or whatever. <laughs> I can't stand those photographs. So please, it's, anybody it's, listening, it's if you've been it's doing that, please stop now. <laughs> it started about ten years ago, right? I think oh, the first God. one. But I'm just, I'm just glad no one here submitted one of these pictures. <laughs> that'll be my, that'll be for my next round, right? When we do the critical. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely don't have any of those. But but you know if if you're out there shooting and you and you found a tone you know you have find a scene like that it's fairly monochrome uh, if you can find a little splash of color somewhere to serve as an accent um, all of a sudden that color just becomes that much more that much more dramatic and and, and powerful it's not always going to be there but um, it's always important to keep an eye out for that because again you you're 
you're creating an image based on contrast. You know, the, the heart of the image is the difference between light and dark. But then, when you have a little splash of color, it's saturation plus versus non-saturation, more neutral, neutral color. By the way, there is a good uh, here's a good tip um, to learn to see the world around you in black and white. If that's what you want to do, uh, take a point and shoot camera or any camera with a live preview and switch it to black and white mode. So all of a sudden, through that LCD, you can watch, uh, you can see the picture in black and white while you compose it. You don't have to go through this conversion step, but you can actually see it in black and white as you compose. And um, I found this a good learning tool, a good tool to to learn that, uh, oh, wait a minute, this red and this blue actually look the same on the screen. That kind of stuff. Cool. That is a good tip. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to Manuel. Manuel, before we talk, up, talk about your photographs, this is their first time on the focus ring, and actually the first time uh, any of our members uh, from a Spanish-speaking podcast have been on the show. Why don't you Yay! really... So welcome, <laughs> welcome. But briefly welcome. tell Thank us you. about what your show is about, and then we'll, we'll jump into your comments about your pictures. Okay, uh, so my show is, is called Lens Bokeh. Uh, you can find it at uh, lensbokeh.com. And, uh, well, my show is, of course, about photography, uh, but I, I, I tend to, uh, to talk about anything about photography that, that interests me or, or that uh, at, some, at some time, I, I, I don't know, draws my attention, you know. Uh, I I try to to make it mm, short, and short to host because uh, well maybe uh, since I'm I'm speaking alone and uh, and, uh, and well I'm I'm not used to uh, to talking to uh, to a microphone. <laughs> and maybe maybe people can get tired uh, of listening to me. So uh, so I I I try to not to uh, not to do it. Very long, but I try to uh, to give some uh, some hints on, on on technical aspects of photography. Uh, mostly, uh, I think I, I I mostly talk about uh, the technical side of photography. Uh, although I, I sometimes uh, discuss uh, other other aspects of uh, about photography, but uh, I mean it's. Uh, you can find uh, a variety of, of subjects uh, that relates to uh, to photography. Oh, great! So, which um, which are your the two images you submitted? You want to start with? Well, uh, the first image. Uh, let's start with uh, people at night. <laughs> so uh, this was taken. Uh, I don't know, like uh, two or three years ago. Uh, with uh, with some friends, some some friends uh, which uh, which uh, like photography also, and, and we just went out to uh, to take some some pictures at night uh, in in downtown Valencia where, where we live, and uh, well, this is uh, this is a narrow street uh, just in, in in the back of uh, of the of the cathedral, and. Uh, I don't know. I have found. Mm, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it surprised me that uh, that in 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 a small street a street like this uh, and uh, at night. I mean, uh, it's maybe uh, eleven in the evening. Uh, were people uh, passing by? So uh, well, uh, the 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 arc uh, is. Uh, I mean. 
uh, is kind of a, of a frame for for the uh, for this uh, for this uh, scene and uh, and there were people passing by and and there were people standing so I I have my my camera on mounted on on the tripod and uh, I just uh, put down the, the tripod and, uh, and and took some shots and there's the guy here on the left uh, leaning against the wall I think. I think he's pausing, you know, I, I, I don't know him, of course, he was there, but when, when I saw, uh, when I saw the, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this particular uh, scene here, um, and I decided to, to, to take some photographs, uh, this guy wasn't leaning on, on the, uh, on the wall. He, uh, I started shooting and, and, and at some point he, he, uh, he approached the, the wall and, and, and he posed, you know. <laughs> he totally <laughs> looks like he's posing. Yes. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like the the result, you know. <laughs> he's leaning only with his the tip of of, of his fingers. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I, I don't know. It's, it's a contrast between the, the people that just passing by and, and not paying attention attention at all of what I was doing, and uh, well, he he's. He's there posing. Uh, of course, th there were my friends also with with cameras and, and probably uh, uh, shooting at uh, at people there. So uh, he was posing. I don't know if, if if it was for me or for my friends, but but I, I like the, the the position he he made. That's that's really uh, to me. That's two things. One is that visual element uh, jumped out at me right away, and and in contrast to the gentleman, you know, to the on the right side of the frame which is, you know, kind of statuesque there, um, the contrast of movement and stillness. But on, on the black and white side of things, Manuel, what, what I found interesting with this image was the arches in the background, you know, in, in the back of the image. Um, it really pulled me in, um, almost like an HDR effect. It looks like on my screen, sort of, just the texture of the archway at the very end of the image. Um, the black and white pulled me back there and then brought me back forward, but uh, I wonder with color if that would have as much of an impact so yeah but yeah the, the yeah. contrast of movement and stillness it's curious what the black and white does to that because it's uh, those two guys really jump out at me. yeah and 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 this image is, is black and white i think mostly because if you shoot here uh, in the street at, at night uh, you have you always have this uh, this yellowish tone uh, to the photograph due to the uh, to the artificial light and uh, if you try to remove that uh, by adjusting the, um, the 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 white balance, um, you end up having a, a photograph that, that it's, it looks doesn't look natural because uh, because you you expect to to have that that yellowish tone even if I don't know I personally don't like it very much sometimes I, I do but I didn't like it for for this image so. Uh, since there's there's no color, I mean the, the walls are are mostly mostly gray and uh, and you know it's it's at night uh, people are wearing uh, not uh, people are not wearing uh, colorful uh, clothes so uh, I think here uh, the only color you I had is is, is the yellowish tone and. Uh, and well, I think it's uh, just uh, removing it is 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 less distracting and, and better for, for for the overall uh, I think, image. 
that's a, that's a general problem with uh, with these uh, sodium lights that have this very strong yellow color is that they don't really use a lot of the spectrum. So even if you use white balance, you just won't be able to... Re it's just virtually impossible to really get them to look natural from a color point of view because it, it just covers a very, very small part of the spectrum. So you'd have to do some serious magic to, to get this looking right. So black and white is a, definitely a pretty good choice here. And That's a really good point. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt her, Barry, next, but real quick. That's a really good point to make, too, as far as the temperature of the light goes, which we haven't really talked about. Uh, that is one of the beauties of black and white. You lose that super warmth that you might have been competing with here. Um, yeah, very good point. And one of the things about black and white is that it ends up emphasizing form and shape in a way that, that sometimes is lost with color. Um, that figure of that guy leaning against the wall his, the line that his body creates um, becomes such a strong graphical element. And the fact that he's wearing sort of the dark pants and sort of how his shirt is rendered as gray, creating a contrast against the wall, even his own shadow. Um, well, it's, he doesn't just create a, a shape. A it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a loop that he creates or a square, yeah. Right, and you go round and round. And then the counterpoint of that figure that's sort of standing upright. Um, well, and, the, and the blurry moving figures that add some... Yeah, some almost some mystery. Almost, almost, it's almost like like they're ghosts somewhere at night. It's yeah. darkish, and they're not really visible. They're translucent. And I think it, you know, at first when I was looking at the image, I wasn't sure whether that really bright area in the upper right hand corner was was a problem for me because I always think about you know uh, that idea that the brightest element of the frame is where my eye goes first. But I think that it it isn't as much of an issue for me um, because. It creates a a real balance for the entire composition, and the, the the fact that you have that figure in the lower left hand corner that has all these strong graphic tonal elements serves as a great counterpoint. So the the image suddenly has a balance as a result of that that overly bright area that in another image would have ruined the shot. Uh, and and in addition to that, the light in the right top also serves as as an explanation for. The, the square loop, the guy with the shadow. So, mm -hmm. um, I I really like that. Also, the there's this other strong shadow that you see coming from the archway, moving towards the left top. That comes from a different light source, but um, just by having that reference of this one light source, you know that there is probably a very similar light source around the corner. Well, the the light source is uh, um, I, uh, I I paid some attention to that because. Uh, it was really too bright. It was it was uh, much brighter than that, uh, and uh, and the uh, all the area surrounding this this light uh, was uh, was almost uh, blown out or, or without without uh, without uh, detail. So I had to uh, to um, uh, to uh, um, darken a bit this this zone. Of course, the 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 light. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, uh, there's no detail on, on that light because uh, you know it's, it's pure light. But uh, but the surroundings, uh, you have some detail that that on the original uh, you you have uh, you, you you couldn't see almost. So what about uh, let's talk about your last image there, that uh, Valencia. Yes, uh, this was shot. Uh, well, it was a, a cloudy day. Uh, the light wasn't uh, very interesting, but I had the opportunity uh, to uh, to go on top to on top of the uh, of 
one of the, the tallest uh, the tallest buildings in in downtown Valencia. Uh, it's an it's an old building and it's like a hundred years uh, old. Uh, mm, well, and since I had the opportunity, well, I, I had to to shoot. I shoot some I shot some uh, some panoramics of, of the city, uh, some some details. But uh, this scene, uh, well, I, when I saw this this man uh, in in white uh, with with this uh, with this. Uh, Sheets uh, also white. Um, I don't know. I, it, it drew my attention, and uh, and I thought this this could be a, a good shot. And uh, I think this one this was one of, of the uh, of the of the times that that I thought this this uh, photographs has to be in, in black and white. You know, I I, I usually uh, I usually shoot. Uh, Scenes that 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 caught my eye, or or, or that uh, that I find uh, interesting, interesting. But and and then also then when when I see the uh, the picture I have taken, I um, uh, sometimes I think, well, this this uh, I should convert this to to black and white, you know. But this time I I thought that before before taking the shot, I thought this this had to be uh, uh, in black and white because. Uh, again, there's there's no uh, there's no interesting color here. I mean, this, uh, there's uh, there's some color in 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 the uh, next to the uh, to this to this man, uh, but I mean it's 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 distracting. You know, I, I tend to uh, I tend to use black and white uh, uh, sometimes when when color distracts from the from the the main subject of of an image, and and this was the case. Uh, well. Uh, I think I don't know. It's, it's, it's I think the, the, the man is, is the main the main subject here. Is 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 is, is what caught my eye. But but when I saw these these two people uh, on top of the frame uh, passing by, I I thought that that gave a, a balance to to the image also. So uh, so mm -hmm. I so I um uh, yeah I shot when when they were passing by because uh, because I thought. Mm, that would improve the, the the shot. Yeah, I think that's that's what you have to learn as a photographer. As soon as you have any sort of a street scene, um, trust your gut, trust your instincts, and when you see someone walking into the frame, that's um, that gives a that gives the frame some balance. That's when you shoot. Trust your impulses. I, I sometimes do that, and later on, I look at the picture, and then I start wondering why I did that, but. Yeah, I agree. Frank, frankly, I think the uh, the couple at the end of the top of the frame there uh, they make the are, shot. Are, they actually they're a really important element, uh, man. Well, I think, uh, and to me, you know, again, it's urban, which uh, black and white treatment I think works really well. But uh, I wonder how visible or how much of the story they would have actually been if it was color, because there is clearly a lot of potential for color distraction in this image. I'm presuming um, the yeah. color of the sheets, the color of the buildings, you know, the stark. Uh, whiteness of the building that you're on um, but yeah to your point Chris as well you know it's especially a street scene like it is um, the the gentleman hanging the you know on the clothesline I think it is could be almost static um, so that movement in the image since there's not really any vehicles that I can see or anything is, is pretty key this 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 shot really gives me that sense of um, that we're watching a film and you just stopped at one frame and you'll continue any minute 
it's like it's really this freeze frame kind of feeling sometimes a photo is just static but this one really has this freeze frame motion kind of thing in it and that I think mainly comes from the fact that there's a bit of street visible and a couple walking probably the next thing happens two seconds later there's a car driving by or something yeah, that's and the feeling I go ahead Chris I'm sorry no go ahead No, and I think what really makes this shot really strong is just those the, the the vertical and the diagonal lines that are happening throughout the the entire frame. I mean, there's this repetition that's accentuated by the fact that you've gone monochrome on this image. You know, you have the strong, you know, up and down lines throughout the the photograph, like the the railings and the uh, the window frames, and then you have these diagonal lines, like the street itself, um, the 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 figure of the man. Um, that 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 sort of repetition and, and the contrast between the dark and light that exists throughout really makes for a really strong graphic photograph. Um, I think the only thing that I would have suggested is some uh, burning of those elements on the bottom uh, bottom element of the frame, particularly that long sort of hump in the lower right-hand corner. Um, that area of brightness, for me, competes with this figure of the man for, for my attention. I see the man, but it's those bright areas that are going to draw my, draw my attention first. And whenever I'm converting an image to black and white, um, that's one of the first things that I look for because I, I want I look at it and go, okay, what's the most important element in the frame? And if I have other elements that are brighter than the subject, I'll start working in terms of burning and dodging to de-emphasize them. Uh-huh. I, I, I have to disagree. That hump down there doesn't really bother me at all. Um, because the the subject is clearly that man. He's white. He's bright, and he's he's just a very big counterpoint to to the rest of the image, which is very human made and, and static and uh, um, industrial kind of. And then you have the the man and and the couple in the back, and those two are kind of the the elements that stick out and that really nicely counterbalance each other. So that the foreground stuff, well, for me, that's not a big issue. It's interesting too how the uh, looking at the image now even closer. It's almost like, man, well, you've created this sort of cradle for the main center of the image, which is the gentleman in the middle and the, and the walking couple. It's sort of like they're cradled by all this industry and concrete and and urban stuff. But there's this sort of sliver of humanness right through the middle of the frame. And and I don't know to your point too, Chris. The 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 the, the bump to the right almost causes like a real soft. Um, sort of again cradle to it the ones that I maybe would have burned like I think you might have said a baronex or brought down a little bit is more like the chimney for chimney one because it's real close to the gentleman in the middle um, but yeah it's interesting how the image kind of creates this little sliver of right down the diagonal there and I think what's cool about black and white it allows you to sort of take in an image in a very different way than a color photograph oftentimes with a lot of photographs that I see uh, students submit um, color is such a, a main anchor point for the photograph that you just kind of respond to the color and then sort of move on. The black and white, I think, innately forces you to really take in an image a lot more slowly uh, and, and, and really sort of absorb it in a way that you won't typically do with a, with a color photograph. And as photographers, we have to be really aware of that because it allows us to sort of have a better sense of what we need to do in terms of contrast, in terms of brightness and darkness, in terms of sharpness, all that stuff that we do in, in Photoshop or Lightroom. Mm -hmm. And shapes also. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, 
you don't have color. Uh, uh, we have we have seen here uh, several examples of, of photographs with with lines with with shapes, uh, and and I think when when you don't have color, you you have to to focus on other things, and uh, and shapes are, are are one of those things. Okay. Well, that was a good uh, good session, guys. Thank you very much for for joining me here. Thank you for putting this together. Um, yeah, great topic. Yeah. So uh, why don't we just go around the table and uh, why don't you tell us about uh, where we can find more about you and your shows and whatever else you're involved in. So, uh, Chris, let's start with you. Well, I, usually I would send you to chrismarkworth.com, but today I'm going to send you to everestthetrek.com because I'm just a few days away. Actually, this is Friday. We're recording this on Sunday. I'll be off to Tibet for uh, four weeks and we're going to trek to... Everest Base Camp together with a group of 12 photographers. So the, the, we call this the highest photo workshop in the world. And we're going to be live and going to be blogging and uh, hopefully have enough bandwidth, uh, also enough strength and energy to send up, uh, to send, send some pictures back. Um, and you can find those, all of those at everestthetrek.com. It's Everest, T H E T R E K.com. We'll have a live map where you can follow our progress and uh, the participants twitter streams and blogs and it's kind of interesting exercise it worked really well last year and um we'll we'll hope to even top that this year so check that out and scott you can find uh, my show it's called folio podcast it's a uh, interview style show featuring interviews with um photographers it's definitely on the uh, creative discussion side of things uh, the theme of the show is really all about living an artful life uh, you can find it at foliopodcast.com or on my blog as well which is scottandersonblog.com and definitely encourage everybody out there to jump in and, and leave a comment or two and always really appreciate suggestions for guests and feedback on how to make the show better so thanks and Manuel well, uh, my podcast is uh, lensbokeh.com and uh, well as I told uh, it's uh, everything about photography mostly uh, technical usually but uh, anything and there's uh, some photographs from, from uh, some of my, my friends uh, also photographers and uh, well I, I expect uh, to, to see uh, people here uh, listening to my podcast <laughs> Thank you. And, and, my, the and my podcast is The Candid Frame. You can find it at thecandidframe.com where I have interviews with uh, some of the world's best uh, emerging and established photographers. And also, uh, I'm teaching a workshop in Mexico in June um, along with Emilio Banuelos, who I did the traveling, uh, walking in the Company of Strangers workshops here in Los Angeles and, and San Francisco a couple of months back. And you can find out more details about that at blackbootsinc.com. So, How high is your workshop? <laughs> it's not as high as high as yours, but, but we get it's much better. That's the lowest one, that's for sure. <laughs> I guarantee you we get much better tequila than you get in Tibet. <laughs> that is probably true, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very right. much. It's been fun. Thanks, sure. everybody. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com.
www.thepeopleshow.com.